Hi, this is Scott. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to say we'd love to hear what everyone thinks of the podcast so far. If you have any thoughts on how we can do this any better, or what you'd like to hear, drop us a line at podcast at mdrt.org. Also, we'd love to hear any sales ideas, prospecting tips, or really any stories you'd like to share with us. You can find us on social media at MDRT's Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn pages, and we encourage you to get involved. Leave a comment, ask us questions, let's get a discussion going. The podcast is your voice. What do you want it to say? I'm Scott Rogers. This is the MDRT Podcast. Today you're going to hear from a few members we talked to at last year's Top of the Table annual meeting in San Francisco, California. To start us off, here's Michael Weintraub talking about where the profession was when he started, where it is now, and where he thinks it might be going over the next couple years. It's important for all of us to think in terms of what we've done in the past, but also where we're going in the future. And the, the concept that I think is so important in how we do our business today compared to how I did when I started out is that years ago, everything was kind of product-centric and that we had one product that fit every need that I could imagine. And today, I really spend more time talking about things that the client or prospective client wants to have so that we're really more focused on solving problems than we are having one product that meets all of the uh, the possibilities that, that somebody can have. And had I known that years earlier, it would have been Uh, much easier, I think, to be more successful at an earlier stage than having spent so many years trying to figure that out. So I think that for an advisor who understands that by really finding out what clients are looking for to help their financial needs, rather than starting with a product that they think will fit what the client is looking for is really the key to becoming successful in our business. So it's, it's not a product in search of solutions. It's solutions in search of all of the different things that we can bring to the table. Something else that uh, has really been a, a big interest to me is where the, our industry is going tomorrow. And I think that technology is going to make some very dramatic inroads, even beyond using social media, which many of us know how to do already. But I think that as companies like Amazon and Google come into our business with their own life insurance companies and issue policies on the spot when somebody applies for them online will help encourage the legacy companies to provide that kind of service as well. My sense is that it will free all of us up to do more creative thinking to help solve problems and find out how best to use all of the information that we have to help buyers make better decisions for their their financial models. And I think that's going to be gigantic for us. Another thing that will happen is that these other companies will be able to serve the middle market better than we're able to because of, of the scale in which they'll be operating. And that will give us more time to deal with bigger problems with people of wealth Uh, in ways that we can't even imagine today. So I'm very optimistic about what's going to happen within our industry 
over the next five to ten years. So that's something that may be happening down the road, but change is real, and regulation is right around the corner for most countries. In Australia, it's already happened. For Sue Patterson, regulation has forced her to adapt her business to this new environment. Many people know that in Australia we've had legislative changes that have made us actually re-look at how we develop our practices and how we run a practice. So previously most businesses ran with basically a commission model. These days most practices actually run with a hybrid model between commission and fee-for-service. And I know that when we looked at introducing fee-for-service, people were really quite daunted. Change is always daunting and it's one of these things that we always have a bit of fear about moving forward with. However, actually embracing the fee-for-service model, either as a full structure or as hybrid, can actually work really well and there's a lot of opportunity to doing that. I know that for us to do that, we actually pulled the business apart and really determined the underlying costs of the business. And there's a lot of ways and resources that can help you do that. But by doing that, you get a much better understanding of how the business is, what the cost of your service is and what the charge out cost to the clients are. And the end opportunity and the really good side of this is it makes sure that you're actually running a very profitable business, something that's very clear to put a value on, and that you have very clear and distinct processes moving forward in your business. So if you are considering moving into a fee-for-service model, whether it's hybrid or whether it is a full-scale model, I'd certainly suggest give it some thought, do the research, and really consider, is this the time for you? Because perhaps it's better to actually move with this early basically leap before you're pushed into that sort of scenario. It doesn't always take regulation to create change within your business. Sometimes it just takes a question. Van Mueller has a technique to get prospects to reconsider their financial service needs. I go up to people, in fact I just did this in a movie theater, I heard a couple that were actually arguing about what was going on in the economy. And I walked right up to him and I said, excuse me, I'm, my name is Van Miller, I'm an insurance and financial advisor, and I can't believe that people are going to allow this to all happen to them again. Uh, may I, I couldn't help but overhear what you were talking about, may I ask you a couple of questions? And they always say, sure, what the heck? And so here's the question, and you're not going to believe how simple it is. I ask them, do you believe there's going to be another financial catastrophe? like there was in 2007 and 8, just yes or no. I don't want a big dissertation. I don't want them to tell me that they don't like the president. I don't want them to tell me about their circumstance. All I'm looking for is a yes or no. Do you believe there's going to be another catastrophe like there was in 2007 and 8? Yes or no? They say 99% of the time, yes, I believe there's going to be one. Now here's the most important question of all. Do you want to happen this time what happened the last time? <laughs> And the reason the question works is because I didn't ask them, did you lose any money? I didn't make them feel inferior. I didn't even ask them or assume that they lost any money. I know statistically that 99% of the people in this country lost money. So I don't care about putting them on the spot. I'm just going to say, do you want to happen this time? What happened the last time? And they say invariably every time, no, I do not. And then I look at them and I say, so what are you going to do to make sure it doesn't happen? And can I ask you a really dumb question? Why do you keep using a strategy that you already know doesn't work? <laughs> they're dumbfounded, honest. They really don't give any thought to it, but they're dumbfounded. And I say, you know this is going to happen again. You've told me you know it's going to happen again. You're going to let this destroy what you've built back again? And they say, well, I don't know what to do. And I say, well, 
You better figure it out. You better find something to do. And here's the mistake that agents make again. Right away, they would offer up some kind of a solution. I don't. I want to keep my customer or my prospect on the spot. I'm not going to help them till they ask me to help them. And so they say again, I don't know what to do. And I say, so you mean to tell me you're going to let another catastrophe happen? You're going to lose 50, 70% of your money again, and you're not going to develop something that will not only prevent it, but that would actually put you in a position to take advantage of it? You're going to let that happen again? And they go, no, what should I do? Well, the minute they've said that, do you understand? I've already made the sale, and it's only taken me a few questions because they really do want an answer to that question. And not only do they want to not lose again, but boy, wouldn't it be amazing if they could be in a position to take advantage of that opportunity. And that's what we sell in this industry, and we've forgotten it. We sell certainty at a time of tremendous uncertainty. Beyond prospecting, specialization plays a key role in how you expand your market value. Micheline Veris has thoughts on both specialization and joint work. We have all started as generalists in the industry because it's our job to learn as much as we can about the different areas of the industry, which we can incorporate and we can use to assist our respective clients. But I think once we've developed a good solid knowledge, then it may be prudent to specialize and become really good in one particular field. Thereafter, uh, network through MDRT meetings, through other sessions, find out about others who do something really, really well that maybe we don't do ourselves. And in so doing, become acquainted with those people, whether they live in your city or somewhere different altogether. And in bringing them to your practice, you not only expand your practice, but you also expand what you can offer to your clients. You're hiring the best to work for you and with you. And in so doing, you can deliver the best for your clients. Now, one piece of advice that I would like to impart would be to go into this with your eyes wide open. So if possible, have a confidentiality agreement as well as a joint work agreement. And the confidentiality agreement does just that. It protects the integrity and the confidentiality of the client and their files. And the joint work agreement would protect yourself as the owner of the client, so to speak, and future work and how commissions and payments and so on will be played out uh, from that time onward. That way there's no discrepancy, there are no questions. Both advisors who are taking part in collaborating to impart ideas to the client are able to sign this agreement and they know exactly what they are to, to deliver. That way there are never any surprises and everything is compliant and transparent. And of course, when it comes to working with clients, communication is key, as Simon Singer explains. We've all read books, we've all listened to tapes with regard to answering objections. I'm here to suggest to you that far better than answering objections would be to ask questions. The more questions that you ask, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to get your prospect or your professional advisor to open up and tell you what's really going on in his head and his heart. Part of the problem in dealing with, with wealthy people is that people talk to them too much about what's in their wallet as opposed to what's in their head and their heart. And to be quite frank with you, our experience is, is there's a lot more going on there. 
So the more questions you can ask, the more likely it is that you're going to get to what the real issues are, number one. Number two, it's then very important that you actively, actively listen. Not just not talk, but really try to understand what's going on so that if you get an answer that doesn't sound like it makes sense or doesn't sound like they were listening or you don't really grasp the full intent of what they're saying, then it's important to ask secondary questions and maybe even third questions so that you can get a common understanding and you're both on the same page. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks to everyone who participated in this episode, especially our producer Steve Saltarelli for putting this all together again. Don't forget, if you have any comments, we'd love to hear them. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.